Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi there. Before this episode starts, just to note that we saw Barbie and Oppenheimer on the same day and released it all as one big episode, which is available on the feed. Um, but we thought we would also split the Barbie and Oppenheimer sections into two different episodes for the convenience of people who, for some reason, might not want to watch one of the other. Um, so this is the Oppenheimer-only section. So you're gonna going to be thrown into the middle of an episode here. Uh, but this is a Barbie-free zone, all Nolan, all the time. Here we go. Welcome, if you have just skipped ahead from the time code and you don't want to watch Barbie and you're here for Oppenheimer. So the Barbie chat is finished. We're on to Christopher Nolan and Oppenheimer. Kathy, how are you feeling about this? What was where are you at on the on the Oppenheimer thing? I mean, I'm buzzed for it because I love huge budget movies. I love Killian Murphy. I, even though I don't always like love or even particularly like Christopher Nolan films, I always enjoy the scale of his films. And actually, when we went to see Tenet a couple of years ago. Uh, the first film we watched after lockdown was one of my best ever movie experiences just because we were so happy to be back in the cinema so i'm really positively predisposed to this i don't know anything about oppenheimer i actually had never heard of him before um so yeah i'm kind of going in open-minded and we're going to see it in the closest thing quark has to an imax which is a max with lots of x's at the end yeah it doesn't have the eye yeah so as good as we can get it in quark uh now i am already highly stressed about the three hour runtime is actually making me anxious I'm stressed about finding parking <laughs> I think the whole of Cork has gone <laughs> to... parking in there um, how are you feeling anyway um, I'm it, what's interesting is that I'm not particularly excited about this movie but I'm excited because everyone else is excited. Exactly, it's made me so excited. <laughs> is it like it's just a, such an event, isn't it? Yeah, it's such an event. Like we, like this never happens, right? When you book the cinema in Cork, you you never have to worry about seats. I went to book it like five days ago, and I basically got us the last two seats. That's unheard of. Yeah. Uh, did you hear of Oppenheimer before this film? Uh, yes. Right. I'm f- I'm a lot more familiar <laughs> with history than you are. It seems. I mean, I know, <laughs> no, yeah. I know there's an atomic bomb. I just didn't know who invented it. Like. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, do you want me to mansplain to you what it what it's all about, or do you just want to watch the movie? No, I just want to watch the movie. But I have the fear of a three-hour film, and I really hope they've put an intermission. Here's in what it. I will say. I um, might alienate some people with this, but I think Christopher Nolan is is a really overhyped director. Um, I think. He's a very good director and I love that he he's one of the few living directors who is the draw. Mm-hmm. Like 
people are turning up yeah. not because they want to know the story of Oppenheimer yeah. let's face it they're showing up for Christopher Nolan yeah. um, and that's awesome that a man can do that and he has done a lot for cinema mm-hmm. and is keeping it going and is fighting so so much so he left his his deal with Warner Brothers long time deal and went to Universal because of the whole HBO Max thing during yeah. the pandemic he was not happy and, and he brought cinema back after the pandemic yeah so, yeah so I really admire the man and I think he is a great director and I love um, <coughs> Interstellar and Inception and the I, I just think he's got this weird cult around him he's got this kind of like I don't know like there's a sort of a it's, it's like a nicer version of the Zack Snyder toxic fan base where where there's just you know he's he's revered as mm-hmm. this like do you know what I, and I, and for me I don't I don't ever see that in his but movies. it gets your it, it gets my back up as well when there's that kind of overly reverent predisposition to anything it immediately gets my back up so the Dark Knight thing is is a bit like the Zack Snyder thing you're getting too into fandom with comic books so he's pulled it back now and this is kind of for everyone else right. Uh yeah 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 and like uh, well, World War Two is like the number one most bankable theme you can have in a film as well. It's an interesting one, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm I think I'm I know he's going to deliver good entertainment. Killian Murphy's awesome. This has got a great cast. I'm interested in the subject matter. Yeah. So yeah, let's uh Excited. let's, let's hit the in. max. Bye. This is a national emergency. Didn't need a charge. We're in a race against the Nazis. And I know what it means if the Nazis have a bomb. They have a 12-month head start. 18. How could you possibly know that? We've got one hope. All America's industrial might and scientific innovation connected here. Secret laboratory. Keep everyone there until it's done. Let's go recruit some scientists. Build a town, build it fast. We don't let scientists bring their families, we'll never get the best. Why would we go to the middle of nowhere for who knows how long? Why? Why? How about because this is the most important thing to ever happen in the history of the world? You're the great improviser, but this... you can't do in your head. Are we saying there's a chance that when we push that button, we destroy the world? Chances are near zero. Near zero. What do you want from theory alone? Zero would be nice. Hello, we're back. We've seen Oppenheimer, but it was last night. We, we came out of that movie and we were just worn down from our double bill and three <laughs> yeah. hours of Oppenheimer it was just we couldn't string a thought together yeah, so we were like we'll pick it up in the morning which we've done it's early morning but we morning. haven't talked about it no early morning we're out for a walk uh, by the sea talk about Oppenheimer um, wow well so firstly if, if it's uh, if it's your first time listening to our podcast we're not going to spoil Oppenheimer although I think if you know you should know how it ends <laughs> I hope um but we will when we turn onto uh, Spoiler Street by this lovely cliff walk. Uh, so, Kathy, what did you? I'm out of breath already. Yeah, we're walking over a really steep it's cliff. It's going to be a long, uh, <laughs> a long walk. 
So I was uh, incredibly blown away by this film, actually. Um, any listeners will know that I hate movies that are long. I tend to get really annoyed by long movies and feel like people should have cut loads of stuff out of them and, and that they drag and lag. I honestly feel like this three hours whizzed by. It's the most engaged I've ever felt in a movie of this duration. Um, I was quite astounded by it. I feel like, and I mentioned I don't always like Christopher Nolan movies, albeit I always respect him as a director and a filmmaker. Um, I think this is the best thing he's ever made. I think it's an astounding piece of work. I think it's probably one of the best films I've ever seen. I think Killian Murphy is an, like an astonishing screen presence. Uh, it was absolutely lovely for us watching the cinema, watching it in Cork, because Killian Murphy's from Cork, and that just makes you really proud. Um, even though his achievements have nothing to do with us, but like it's really nice. <laughs> and uh, it was a totally packed cinema, and people actually clapped at the end. Um, How amazing! Just to, like yeah, it was amazing. in one day we saw. Like two packed out screenings. It was so nice. Like we and we and we that we normally for context like our cinemas are never booked out, ever. We've often been the only people in them. Yeah. So it's just such a joy to be at a completely packed out cinema is back. Yeah. We mentioned um, that we were going to a max screening, which is where, where which they have in the Omniplex in Cork. It was fantastic. Like the sound was incredible. The visuals were incredible. I'm so glad we went to that screening. But back to the film, yeah, Killian Murphy is astonishingly good. Like, he's always good. I always rate him as one of the best actors. He is just phenomenal in this film. Um, I mentioned at the beginning that I actually hadn't heard of Oppenheimer before. Um, like, I knew the kind of cut and thrust of some of this stuff, but by no means had any details. So I came at it with really no knowledge and um, just found the story fascinating. Um, I kind of don't want to speak too much before spoilers on on any particular elements of it because I do think what's very interesting about the film is like how he chose to tell the story and the storytelling devices and we'll probably get into that more in Spoiler Street Um, but I think it's Killian Murphy's film like it's got a fantastic supporting cast but it's all about him really Uh, and what this film doesn't at all do and what I had a slight concern in advance of is my least favourite genre is like what you call a biopic or a biopic yeah, whichever way you say it I was going to say this exactly it, it, it can get it can be very hit and miss if that formula works if you're talking about a real person who lived in history and like how you tell a story now and I think in well, A, this is, oh, that's, oh, B just flew at us. It, no no it flew onto the mic so you probably <laughs> all heard that as well <laughs> um, so but this is more the story this is a science story and it's a story of like the building of the atomic bomb and I think that's why it's so such a fascinating film and then of course it's also about Oppenheimer but even though he's the namesake and the star of it it's actually a very scientific film and I love watching all that development of all the scientific elements but it just the sound was incredible oh my god yes the score was incredible the visuals were incredible I just adored it I absolutely adored it right Dave yeah I'm just stunned by it like I think I think it's a masterpiece this is like you know we were saying at the beginning it's like um while I do think there's some a lot of hyperbole around Nolan sometimes, he is a proper cinema director, like whatever whatever the you know definition of that might be, but like he is telling stories visual like with visuals and sounds 
and in in the most interesting way and conveying ideas. The you could way, have heard a pin drop what, in the cinema. Yeah, exactly. The tension that is wrung from a load of people in a tiny room interviewing, which is kind of one of the core foundations of this movie for like for three hours, is is absolutely jaw dropping. But to, to, to pick up your point, the <clears throat> which I agree with is that this is a biopic. And that is my least favorite um, genre of movies because you tend to have um, a well, you know, a, a well-worn out story portrayed on the big screen by by an actor doing a big Oscar Beatty performance that is often just an over-the-top impersonation of a very eccentric figure, right? So in a, in a weaker, you know, in a weaker film, it would be Albert Einstein, like who is a very eccentric character, or I'm thinking of um, um, the Stephen Hawking one recently, or just people with like very like big sort of uh, eccentric characters and big performances. But Robert Oppenheimer, as a person, as we are seeing him conveyed here, is is kind of interesting, but very subtle and and, and like somebody who doesn't quite express his emotions or feelings to his, the people around him. Well, like, it makes so sense. I, like there are rooms that there are rooms full of scientists like. But, it, but that's what it that's what no, it But scientists like. no 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 but I disagree with you there because the scientists around him are huge personalities. They're conflicting with each other. They're all arguing all the time. Robert Oppenheimer is someone who keeps his cards ridiculously close to his chest and that is what is so impressive about this as a movie and as a performance for Killian Murphy because it's so it's quiet and restrained, and it is. I'm actually smiling just like thinking about how good Killian Murphy is. In like, this film. I'm sorry, you're yeah. Killian Murphy like does so he he not only carries this film, he just is he is this film. Yeah. Like this film, which well, I actually do um, think it has a great script, and I don't always rate Christopher Nolan oh, it's a fantastic and his script. brother's writing either. But here is just like it is. He tells this story with a lot of complexity and detail in a very interesting way, in a way that he, you know, he likes to play with time and sometimes that can be gimmicky. Here, it really adds something. Uh-huh. But Killian Murphy's performance is, is the heart of this movie. It's the core of this movie. It is expressing a, a, a genius's, you know, um, conflict between, you know, tr- um, th- trying to progress science and humanity and seeing things that normal people can't see trying to live in a political context and how those two kind of you know marry together and also um having to deal with literally the world changing because of their decisions yeah and that, that stuff the, phil- the philosophical elements of it are dealt with so well as well and the the history it's such a moment in time because you've got characters like Albert Einstein Oppenheimer um, Heisenberg you've got all yeah, these the, just, even I was like I've heard of these dudes uh, the names of the scientists that are getting thrown out are yeah. li- like, like they are household names it would have been like the, what a time to be alive as a nuclear physicist or whatever the hell he was what was he again but also it's like World War 2 and, and Hitler is happening at the same yeah. time like it's an incredible time in history but what what's funny is that like there's a line in this movie, which is in the trailer, by Matt Damon, who plays the, you know, the general in charge of the Manhattan Project, or Los Alamos. And he says, uh, 
this is this is the greatest thing that has ever happened in the history of humanity and when you see that in the trailer and kind of when you see it here it's so over the top you almost laugh but it's true but it is true it actually is this yeah. is this changed like our it, it, it opened a door uh, by which we are now in a world living in the shadow of that decision and nuclear threat and and mutually assured self-destruction is is a possibility that we live with in the background of our lives yeah. today and and that is a future that Oppenheimer was trying to reckon with in the moment of doing it in the aftermath of Hiroshima and Nagasaki and and it's something that is relevant to us today and so so yeah the, I was honestly Christopher Nolan just spun the whole thing into I think it's the best a, film he's ever made it, it, yeah it, it's just like I was gripped um, I, I thought the whole the way he weaves all the different um, like he's weaving like courtroom <laughs> hearings uh, public hearings with smaller public hearings together and they're bashing off against each other to create momentum and storytelling and 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 it's just propulsive I, I mean like yeah I was just I was super I'm super impressed and by that it. It, was, also, it was amazing every five seconds we were like Oh, there's that famous actor. Oh, there's that. because obviously thousands and thousands of scientists work on something like this, and I think the film did a really good job of conveying the amount of people that you know. It's not just one man who yeah. can do something like this, and they really wanted to convey how it's like thousands of people from the scientific community and outside of that coming together, and um, the just a nodding to that. I think the amount of characters who came and went, frankly, couldn't remember any of their names, but it's just like, oh yeah. Oh, there's that famous act. I can't even think of any of them off the top of my head now. Well, we'll there was like 40 of them. We'll list some off in Spoiler Street because there were some <laughs> surprises in there yeah. as well. But that's what I mean by this being like a better version of a biopic as well because it kind of, a, a worse version of this would just, you know, just tell the story with the plot. And there, there is a bit of that where you've just have all these characters and coming in and like it just has to get through this stuff. But it's all grounded by Killian Murphy, who is at the centre of this whole thing, or Oppenheimer. And yeah, I mean, would we, we get to spoilers? Go to spoilers. Um, we both loved it anyway. Recommend. See it in the biggest screen you can watch it in with the best sound. Um, if you're in Cork, go and see it in the Max. The sound. <laughs> the sound. The score is just wonderful. I'm just so glad we saw it in that screen. And I think it's the kind of film, and everyone knows this, and this is why I do love Christopher Nolan. Everyone knows you need to see his his movies at the cinema and um, and he shoots on film it like, looks it would like be such a gorgeous waste. it would be such a waste to watch this film on a small screen it truly would be yeah. it would still be a fantastic film but it would be such a shame and particularly you know the scene when the bomb goes off well, let's, uh, you let's, want to see that on a big screen right let's talk about spoilers now yeah. so spoilers for the movie Oppenheimer and I guess spoilers for real life um, <laughs> so the, yeah the, the, those scenes that you're describing that just stood out to me that you have to be you ha just have to be in a silent room with your own thoughts and sharing Oppenheimer's horror for those to be truly effective you can't really I don't think this is going to have the same impact on, on the home setting when you watch this and then pause it and then talk about it and go for a cup of tea Yeah. so the ones that stood out to me were yes the bomb scene is incredibly impressive but for me the one that absolutely floored me the scene that I'm still thinking about this morning is the uh, the scene after the um, the detonation um, 
after the two bombs are dropped where he gives that speech at Los Alamos. Oh, that was The victory fantastic. speech in this tiny sort of basketball court um, with, with all these people in the bleachers. It just, just, I was floored. You've got Killian Murphy basketball conveying... Basketball court? What? <coughs> it was, there was a basketball net behind them. They'd set up... Um, oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah, they'd set up... Uh, you know, it was obviously they'd built Las Alamos with facilities and, and things, right? That's where they were. Um, he, you've got him conveying... He's saying these words, which is obviously a speech he's written he's like, all about... He's like, Japanese sure didn't like it. Yeah, all this kind of stuff. And it's... Yeah. it's, it's his words are, 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 are chilling. You can see he's battling with the reality of what he has contributed towards and what they have done and and but but they don't just express that with Killian Murphy's brilliant performance Christopher Nolan and his team do this like what they do with sound here is particularly incredible suddenly the audience is quiet then you then you're just hearing his words then suddenly sound comes ripping back in you know the the sound the way they layered in the sound of the uh, stamping feet throughout yeah. the whole movie you know he's this late we see masterful. him later where that that stamping feet is is following him yeah. throughout the whole movie and he starts imagining someone's like skin coming off yeah. and someone's crying and i think they're the moments where you're like christopher nolan is an absolute god of cinema and the other scene that i think actually took a similar vibe for me was the scene where he's in being interviewed and his wife's behind him and then he has to admit on this in this interview process that he spent the night with an ex-girlfriend aka cheated on his wife oh and suddenly he's naked and suddenly he's yeah. naked because he's so vulnerable she's sitting behind him then next minute he's basically having sex in the room and it's like the visual of like what his wife would be imagining yeah. in that moment and it, and then it was just like so well done and I think the that, and, and then afterwards he's like to her but you knew already that I'd done that and she's like yeah but now it's on the record yes and I really felt that and I actually do want to speak even though we're like it's all Kelly Murphy's movie I think actually Emily Blunt in this got a really good character compared to again most biopics where there's like a very sidelined spouse like she's obviously living in his shadow as the film's about him but she had actually a very complex and interesting character she had genuine input on him and like I love when he's like we walk through fire together like you got a real sense of their kind of dynamic over the years and how challenge how she challenged him and like I love that she got that moment at the end when she just refused to shake that guy's hand and Killian Murphy shaked it because he can't help himself because he's like always trying to appease everyone and I love that moment for her when she was just like I'm not shaking that guy's her hand mo- her moment with the prosecutor was pretty great oh god she was well, wonderful where she's like immediately feels like under threat by him and then she bounces back she's so good that's, that's, she had been a biologist that's the thing like he's with incredibly intelligent women as well it's yeah. just that because she is a woman of the time and has married and had kids and now isn't like a scientist anymore okay I would like to talk about one uh, one thing I think was ambitious but didn't really work that well and this is Christopher Nolan again playing with format and time so he presents at the beginning you know there's a there's, there's half this movie's in black and white and half isn't and there are two title cards that come up one says f- num- one fusion two fission and this is a bit like what he did in Dunkirk where he's trying to you know tell three different stories in you know three different ways so but I was unclear 
as to what he was trying to communicate because in my head it seemed like black and white equals the 50s and colour equals the past but that is not the case as I learned two thirds into the movie but I think by the end we both understood it and I guess one of the things and you mentioned Dunkirk about Christopher Nolan that I like is that he doesn't spoon feed audiences and he leaves you work a lot of stuff out for yourself but I was very confused when I realised that there was there's a face effectively four timelines was it but I got very confused by the kind of the other black and white one where Killian Murphy was like debating at a table at Robert Downey Jr. Yes, and because this is what I got thought me. That was in the, I thought that was in the early 40s. But that, no, but that scene, so no, no, I knew that scene was in the 50s because they're talking about the Soviets and the hydrogen bomb. But I didn't, but what, I truly, until you, I was like, when is this? And you were to explain it to but me. But what confused me about that scene was that we saw it in black and white, then they cut back to it in color. And I'm like, so wait, the black and white in colour has nothing to do with time and then we both realised we think correct us if we're wrong listeners that the black and white was Robert Downey Jr's perspective and colour was Oppenheimer's perspective is that is that how you saw it Cathy? I don't know I actually don't know <laughs> I, I couldn't quite capture what was happening I found all the Robert Dude until I realised that Robert Downey Jr had been and they did a bit of a like twist for want of a better word the twist sorry that, that twist went, was a bit lame it was kind of obvious had, that he gave the documents go on anyway I, I, well whatever way they were trying to suddenly it was about his witch hunt and not Oppenheimer's whatever until that happened I was like why are we spending so much time with Robert Downey Jr like I couldn't actually figure it out I was confused every time he was on screen so I think morning, uh, morning. morning. I think I was glad when they explained to me why Robert Downey Jr was getting so much screen presence uh, I, I enjoyed like I really enjoyed the kind of perspective of the witch hunt on Oppenheimer and, the, and then him answering for it later but yeah I was a little bit confused by the whole thing so what I hadn't known about was all of Oppenheimer's uh, links to the communist party and I found fascinating so that was all fascinating to have the McCarthy era um, like uh, analysis of his background and being discredited as the sort of core kind of conflict in this movie um, and I thought all that was really interesting. Such good storytelling um, as well, because we know the bomb's going to get built. So yeah, what is the core tension? But can I say another way to the way he uses visuals to uh, express the passage of time really well was that jar filling up with marbles. Yeah. Uh, you know, which we 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 know that they that is them reaching you know the time when they've got enough plutonium to to, to detonate it, and you're just like so. There's there's a lot of just simple ways to uh, communicate the story visually that I was so impressed by I always love anything around communism in the McCarthy era it makes for such riveting TV and film right because it's so fascinating that there was an actual witch hunt in like a modern day against people who had any associations or or suggested associations with the communist party and I found it really fascinating one of the things I loved about the film was because it spanned from the 20s to like the 50s. The 50s. It caught such a, a period of his life and the fact that, yeah, in the 20s, why wouldn't he have dabbled in communism? And then how that can affect you later on in life is really fascinating. And it, and it did make me question him and people were like, we don't know Oppenheimer, we don't know what he stands for. You know, there, it could have actually been an element of him uh, being a Russian sympathiser or, what or whatever else in some of the choices he made later on in life. There also could have just been that scientific element of, well, we need to share knowledge because if the Russians know we've built this, then we can all just stop building worse weapons. I also believe that. Like, I I like that we never quite understood his... We never really understood his true motivations. And some of the points the cross-examiner was making, like, 
well you suddenly minded afterwards when Russia were going to be the target but you didn't mind when Germany were going to be the target because you're Jewish and you didn't want Germans targeting Jews but then you've sympathies to Russians and like his own like where his own politics were lying were very interesting I love the stuff from when he was in the 20s and he was studying in Europe and the fact that he obviously was like genius who could pick up every language and whatever else and he actually knew all the German scientists who were then going to be building the yes. bomb for Hitler. Hi, uh, like he knew Heisen everyone. Heisenberg and Like he was the Niles most Bohr. networked scientist ever because of his time spent in Europe and at that time it was such a, like, a new field of study so there was only like a few brilliant minds working in it. So but, all that stuff is just but that's so what, interesting. But that's one of the core themes of this movie is science versus politics and we get you know we hear Josh Hartnett's um, um, playing that Professor Lawrence you know telling him time and time again there's no room for politics in the in the in this university right keep keep it off you know he's trying to unionize the professors um, but but it's it's a hypocrisy because ultimately they get swallowed up by politics they get they're working for the for the American government right that you cannot separate the two and and just to your point before politics interferes you have a worldwide network of scientists brought together by scientists not by borders mm -hmm. and that is you know that those, those divisions are then inserted because of Germany and America and, and Russia and, and the, the, the national uh, stage politics and and ultimately that's the kind of decision that Oppenheimer has to make in the end is that science is and he he makes the conscious decision to hand over science to the government right and that's kind of what he's saying in the hearing you know it's like it wasn't my decision to make I made a recommendation but it's you know? also like to, uh, to Einstein's point though as well is like once you've done it you can't undo it yes once you've added to the scientific it's for knowledge, them now it's not for you and that it's also the, for them and it's also for anyone can take your science and do whatever they want with it afterwards and like so he was very much the boss and the big man for a couple of years in, in managing the site and developing it all and then I love how they showed us how basically impotent he was after that like he couldn't even get his phone calls answered yeah. and he didn't like that so he wanted to go back to having a position of power and influence so that's very interesting as well also total side note that Oppenheimer is like a complete horn dog <laughs> I absolutely love that that addition um, oh I wish we could get that on the poster yeah I wasn't expecting that and um, quite enjoyed it um, I think there's like there's kind of too much to talk about with it and like we could talk about it for another three hours but I'm just I like what a day like it was so I can't believe we haven't gone back to back in the cinema since before we kids two such different movies that it was a brilliant thing Both like you could never so go, satisfying you could never go back to back on like Oh, two Marvel movies or something do you know what I mean like they're they're so different and I think that is what was so good about watching them back to back but they paired really well they together they paired really well and, but I think they're both great examples of what cinema can provide exactly. and I don't just mean movies I mean like the they looked great on the yeah. big screen both of them they they were um, just entertaining or and, and thought provoking they're, they're both they're so perfectly complemented yeah. and I love that the world just kind of got behind this this scheduling conflict. <laughs> and like when we went to the bigger cinema, right, which is way more screens and stuff, to see Oppenheimer, the amount, because that's a huge shopping center, we went in to get food and like, 
There Everyone was, was whole tables of people in yeah. pink, male and female. It was so fun. Like the whole cinema was talking to people wearing pink. There was definitely more people there to see Barbie than Oppenheimer because interestingly, more of the Mac screens had been handed over to Barbie than Oppenheimer. I think partially it's a programming thing because Oppenheimer is so long, so you can get more money if you put the Barbies in, but also because of the demand, I'm guessing. Um, so yeah, it was quite a buzz. I'm absolutely buzzing after a day yesterday. Uh, I can't believe I'm glad we ended on Oppenheimer actually and, and funnily I had thought of doing it the other way because Barbie would be like the palate cleanser because I was thinking that Oppenheimer that, could that be would a have bit been, dull. That would have been my choice as well but... But because Oppenheimer, because I thought it might have been a bit dull no, or Oppenheimer intense. was exciting. But exactly, yeah. yeah. It was and I, so exciting. So, and I, and because I sometimes have come out of a Christopher Nolan film like a bit cold like a lot of the Dark Knight stuff. So I was thinking I'd need Barbie afterwards but actually I'm gl- I think Oppenheimer was the better second. Yeah, I think it worked really well. Yeah. Barbie was a really good appetizer. Now I'm going to go and see Barbie again yeah. on Tuesday, so therefore Oppenheimer is actually the centre of a Barbie sandwich for me. <laughs> um, I'd love to see Oppenheimer again in like ten years. I'd love it to get a cinematic re-release. Yeah. Like I'd love to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I can't again. ever imagine throwing this on at home. No. Like I don't know. I feel like I've experienced it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, look, guys, let us know what you thought of uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie. We are thecinemile at gmail.com if you want to email us uh, or at thecinemile on Twitter, Letterboxd, Instagram. Um, and, and come over to Patreon where we review uh, TV shows and movies. This month we are doing conspiracy theory movies which our patrons are picking, which I can't wait because love us conspiracy theory. And yes, and we've just, we've just finished a Silo Season 1 review. Yeah. Um, and there's yeah, loads, loads, of, loads, loads of good TV about. stuff and there's more and just like that episode's coming for me you get about 45 old movie <laughs> reviews up there as well yeah um, so anyway tell us what you thought of Oppenheimer and Barbie can't wait to hear from everyone bye bye Truman needs to know what's next. Two. What's next? One.